Um, but it is the content creators. We're needed in this. Yeah. Like we're needed because we are the discussion starters. That's um, I, it's not, I definitely want to continue with this. And I think what I was feeling more apprehensive about was like um, promoting at a time like this. Like it doesn't feel like I should be using social media for my own gains right now. Mm-hmm. Not that this is even really about me, but I can see how it would feel like, listen to my podcast. Or- mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to interact mm-hmm. with that. I think this bringing like bringing the discussion to your podcast I think Mm -hmm. you can do that and and you can kill two birds with one stone like I mean because I totally understand like your sentiments you don't want to come off insensitive or Mm self-serving um but you don't seem like that type of person um you don't have that type of energy and but Mm -hmm. I get it um you know, we we want to be conscious of how we're coming off um, and how we're promoting and using our platforms, especially in a time like this. Um, but it is the content creators. We're needed in this. Yeah. Like we're needed because we are the discussion starters. So, um, you know, putting out podcasts where you're talking about what's going on or giving a different perspective, mm-hmm. um, like I said, could reach someone and inspire someone so um like I said I understand but at the same time it's like we this is still our purpose and we have to keep you know walking yeah definitely something that I um have been using to help me a little bit is like I love comedy but like people who make whose entire business is to be a comedian like that is their purpose and they're not stopping because of tragedy and often a lot of comedy comes from tragedy. Exactly. So it's like, exactly. I keep trying to keep that in my brain to know that this is worth showing to people. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. definitely. So are you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. With me today is Corey Winters, the writing stylist that helps individuals and brands uh, vamp up their written appearance and appeal. Hi. Hi. How are you Thanks doing? For having me. I'm doing I'm doing well. You know what? I wish I had used my microphone. Um I, I haven't even set it up yet, but <laughs> yeah, I think it should be okay. Cool. Yeah. How have you have you <laughs> let's try this. Mm-hmm. How much of your capacity have you been able to give to according to Corey, given the current situation? So you mean like given the recent events surrounding the protests? Yeah. I, according to Corey, so just to kind of give a little more context. Sure. So according to Corey was a blog that I, it started out as a blog. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It has, well, I started it, what, in 2014, September 16, 2014, as just a blog for me to just kind of a therapeutic outlet for me to share my experiences, life experiences as a Black millennial woman in America. Mm-hmm. And so um, that has since evolved into a business um, where, like you said, I help 
different um, individuals and brands. I say find the right, like W-R-I-T-E words mm-hmm. to um, stand out in their, you know, respective brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and the services and everything that I offer range from proofing and editing to copywriting to resume revamping, all of that. So just mm-hmm. to give listeners a little bit more context, but um, to answer your question, how much of my capacity have I been able to dedicate to according to Corey? Um, that's a good question. I, I still have had to dedicate pretty much the same amount of time to mm-hmm. my business because I do have deadlines that I have to meet. Mm-hmm. Um with, with clients and projects that I'm working on, on top of having still a full-time nine to five. Mm. Um, so balancing that in itself has been a little bit challenging for me over the past couple of weeks, because it has the, the current events going on surrounding the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery mm-hmm. and all of the other hashtags that, represent the Black lives who have been taken um, at the hands of law enforcement and systemic racism, it just took a huge toll on me. And Mm -hmm. so I had to take a couple of days off work, um, a couple of days away from social media. Um, I do writing tips and grammar quizzes um, on my Instagram every single day. And I let my, I had to let my followers know, like, I can't, you know, I just really don't have, I'm not in that space to do that and to continue on like it's regularly scheduled programming. So, um, so to answer your question, um, on one hand, I have had to kind of continue, um, but I have also taken that pause um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, really make sure my mental health was intact to, um, have the, you know, just kind of disconnect, unplug a little bit. Um, but then going back in and being vocal and using my platform to bring awareness, even more awareness to these issues. So I know that was a little long winded, but (laughs) yeah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it is, it's difficult because I also, I started a job June 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, it like was my first day. And then this whole week just devolved basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really tough. And I was, I'm lucky that my immediate boss is a black man. And so I did, I was able to speak with him and say like, I, I can do these things, I suppose. Um, especially since it was my first week and I was mostly onboarding anyways, I was like, yeah, I can like sit in on a meeting or I can do this, Mm -hmm. but my ability to create content right now, as if this particular business is like more vital than what else is being said. I was like, that's not really going to happen for me this week. Um, Yeah. It's yeah. All very valid. I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a process. Indeed, indeed it is. Uh, so you mentioned that the initial, the initial mission of the blog was to share your experience as a Black millennial woman in America. And 
obviously that's a uh, very pertinent right now, but why in, did you say 2014 or? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, why in 2014 did you feel like you needed to share your story? Um, I was just in a very negative headspace. Uh, well, I was kind of all over the place. I was um, in and on and off again relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't a healthy relationship. Um, and a couple years prior, I had been um, diagnosed after I graduated from Howard University in 20, May of 2012. Mm-hmm. And immediately after I had to come home. I lived with my parents for seven years after graduating. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had no intentions of moving home, but I had to move home because I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease called dermatomyositis, which has similar symptoms to lupus. Um, So I had been just going through a lot and I needed an outlet to express myself and to share my story and I really wasn't doing it to gain any traction. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always had a love and passion for writing um, ever since I could write anything. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like in that moment, in the space that I was in, I needed to have an outlet where I could express myself in the way that I knew best knew how, which was through writing. And so mm-hmm. I really started that blog for myself and my own mental health and peace of mind and just said, whoever, you know, whoever it, it reaches, it just reaches. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have like a brand in mind or a, 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 a goal of how many followers I wanted to gain. I just, I just literally pulled up a a, a rinky dink WordPress template and mm-hmm. called it something. It wasn't even called according to Corey. Mm-hmm. It was called single black female. And then oh, like in response to single black male? No, it was just oh. I mean, like, you know, the Kanye a single black female addicted to retail. Oh, yeah. I see. So I just I mean, single black female just mm-hmm. it's just what I was at the time. So mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm going to start this and just went from there. So, yeah. Will you take me and, and all of us listening back to the moment or a moment when you realized, oh, I love writing. I need to have this for the rest of my life, like incorporated. When I was, when I was six years old in the first grade, and my first grade teacher, Mrs. Williams, handed out journals to the entire class, and she had us write. She gave us a journal topic every day and had us write about, you know, um, our day or whatever the journal topic was, and that was when I knew that writing was my love. Like, I just yeah. knew that that was something. I From that day on, I was writing songs. I was writing poems. I was writing short stories. Like, mm-hmm. anything that I could write, anything that I imagined, I would write it down. So it was at that moment that I knew that I loved writing. It wasn't until high school that I knew that I was actually, like, gifted at writing. Mm-hmm. Um Cause I mean, when you're growing up, people tell you all the time, oh, that's so good. Like your parents and stuff. Right. But 
when I took an AP literature class in high school, um, and like there was this one essay that I wrote about this piece called The Chrysanthemums, to this day is one of my favorite pieces that I've ever written. <laughs> and I that's when I knew, and my teacher, my teacher was just amazed by like how I wrote it, how I analyzed the piece and everything. So it was then that I was like, okay, this is something that I want to do actually for the rest of my life. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's great. It's great the way that teachers can have such a big effect on us that you won't see for like potentially decades. And that maybe is almost like a, throwaway thought for them not necessarily a throwaway but I've definitely experienced like a teacher writing something on uh an assignment that I turned in and kind of reading it and being like oh everything about me has changed now (laughs) and like they just were grading papers you know right (laughs) yeah it's it's yeah teachers have a huge impact on how we view ourselves I mean like they can have a huge impact. I mean, yeah. some have negative, some have positive, mm-hmm. um, but it's, you know, we ultimately have the power to receive that and, and hold on to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, teachers definitely have a huge, huge impact on just how we like view ourselves, view our gifts, view like just so many different things. So mm-hmm. yeah. When, when did your website and your blog become or transition into what is now according to Corey? When I started um, my blog, Mm -hmm. I decided to change the name. So I launched my blog as Single Black Female in September 2014. Mm -hmm. In January of 2015, I changed the name to According to Corey. Okay. Um, and even then it was still, it was still a personal blog. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was that way until I would say over the last in 2018 was when I started shifting from it just being a blog to it become being an actual business. Mm -hmm. Um, so actually people had, ever since I was in college, people were always like, my peers were always reaching out to me to like edit their essays or Mm -hmm. give them, you know, writing tips on, you know, I was always kind of like someone who people identified as a skilled writer and Mm -hmm. editor. Um, And then my career has always been in digital marketing, writing, editing, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So over time, as I was continuing to, you know, blog, people would just reach out to me like, hey, I love your writing. I'm trying to start a blog. How, like, asking for advice on that. Or, mm-hmm. hey, I'm doing this resume. I'm putting together, you know, resumes were always kind of, resume writing was always kind of like a side hustle for me. Mm-hmm. So people would refer me. And then I'm like, I need to just make all of this somehow all under one, fit under one umbrella. Right. So then that was when, in like I said, in 2018, I kind of revamped my my website and my brand to, 
you know, continue my blog, but also be in a, a resource center for people who need help with their writing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really actually love your branding. And I think it's also clever, the writing as a pun sort of Mm -hmm. and also I I'm so intrigued in your choice for for it to be like stylist Mm -hmm. Um, can you talk to me more about when you came up with that and why it fits for you yeah it just came to me one day because I was like okay I want I was trying to think of ways that I can make myself stand out even more yeah um and what the things that were that were unique about me that I wanted to share through my brand Mm -hmm. um and so writing is a passion of mine but style is also a passion of mine um and I just was like I could really like marry the two and you know I mean, people see that I have a unique style or, you know, some type of fashion sense. So I'm like, I can incorporate that into like and make kind of a analogy or metaphor out of my style and tie that into my writing. And then, okay, writing style, I'm helping people enhance their writing style. So Mm -hmm. it's a double entendre, like I'm a writing stylist and I'm a stylish writer. So (laughs) like, you know, so I just wanted to have some fun with it. And then I kind of made a whole theme around it um, on my website and the services that I offer, like the resume makeover, mm-hmm. um, the polish check, which is proofing and editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it, at one point I was calling it copy contouring. I might change it back to that, mm-hmm. but like just kind of interweaving those whole like stylish, like wordplay, right. My services to make it stand out more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That brings me to, um, is it easier to write copy for yourself and your work, um, or is it easier to write that kind of thing for someone else? That is such a good question. It's, I would definitely say it's easier to write for myself because I know my vision, I know, um, and it's just more therapeutic to write for myself because Mm -hmm. I like I said, I know my vision. I know my expectations. Um, and I know that I can meet my expectations. And then on the other, but it's fun to write for other people and it's rewarding. That's where I get the most gratification, um, is when people, when I'm able to help pull that story out of them and put their thoughts into Mm -hmm. words that make sense and that, um, drives that, that basically brings their vision to life, um, and their brand messaging to life. Mm -hmm. So I have fun. I have fun. Both are fun. They're just, you know, different kinds of fun. Yeah. I sort of, I feel almost the opposite where a lot of my work has been in, um, social media and other marketing things. And, Mm -hmm. I find it so much easier to write for clients or give them um, ideas and point them in the right direction than it is to write for myself because 
the thing in my head is so clear Mm -hmm. that I don't know how to translate it, Mm. you know? Yeah. So you're saying sometimes you don't know how to put your thoughts into words? No, I'm saying more that I have the words, but if I, if I, for instance, when I like run it by my friends or if I ask Mm -hmm. someone to, based off of this description, what are you getting? Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost never what I'm trying to uh, convey. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. But I do feel like I'm able to do that for other people because I'm separate from it. Because, and because yeah. I can, I can see, well, that's not very clear. What you're trying to do is this, but for some reason between yeah. my brain and the papers, much farther distance. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. And I've had those experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is easier when someone is vocalizing what they're and you can kind of pinpoint, but then when you're in your own head, it's like, okay, what am I really trying to say here? Yeah. And how can I say it in a way that people understand? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would agree. I would, I would, I would definitely agree. Um, and I, and I see both sides of it. So mm-hmm. is it your intention to take according to Corey and the services that you provide full-time or do you feel more comfortable always having that corporate, um, we can call it an investor. <laughs> mm-hmm. I call my job, my uh, nine to five, my, my number one client. Right. <laughs> Cause I do exactly what I do for according to Corey, I do at work. So I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a full-time, um, marketing content writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, my ultimate goal, yes, is to have my own business and, and do what I do, uh, for according to Corey full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point I am not fully ready to go out on my own full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just giving myself grace and not rushing the process and just really being intentional about going at God's pace Mm -hmm. um, and asking and listening like for direction Mm -hmm. um, and and how he wants me to go about um, doing things and and making certain decisions when it comes to my business. So, Yes, to short answer, that is the goal. But right now I am good with, you know, I'm just still navigating that balance. Yeah, I think um, I had a perception prior to graduating college that I would never want to work in a corporate setting but I've come to realize that there will be things that I can learn on someone else's Mm -hmm. dime. Mm -hmm. And also, as you said, it'll be your number one client. You know, if you, when you're not necessarily worried about how you're going to eat, I think it gives more room, at least for me, it gives me more room to experiment with things in my business. Yes. I totally agree with that a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. How how has your um how has your spirituality led you through your journey generally? My spirituality is 
my foundation for everything that I do. Um, Mm -hmm. Just my belief in Christ and my relationship and my desire to keep growing in my, in my faith, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm nowhere near perfect. And um, I'm always assessing myself and my heart and asking God to reveal, um, reveal those things as I'm continuing on in this walk. Um, but yeah, my, my faith has always been my driving force. Um, you know, and, and it was, I, the ultimate, my ultimate test of faith was, you know, like I said, when I was diagnosed with this crazy disease or condition, um, and it really opened my eyes to a lot, um, about, just where I was mentally, spiritually, and physically, and um, just how to better take care of myself in all of those aspects. So mm-hmm. when I'm doing things, I always kind of, when I'm doing things for my business or just in life in general, I'm always be, try to be intentional about how I internalize things, how I, um, view myself, how I like extend myself grace, being patient with myself, because all of those things play a part in our overall health. So um, yeah, my spirituality is definitely a a huge focal point and foundation for me and how I move and how I just am as a woman. So Mm. Mm Is it safe to assume that your religion and your spirituality uh, came also as a foundation of your community? Mm, Can you clarify? Were you born into a Christian household? Well, I think, okay, so you're asking if I, well, I don't consider myself a religious person. I was was born into a Christian household. religion is kind of this is a whole different <laughs> let's get into it it's <laughs> subject for me but um religion is for me something that i feel like is imposed on people it's a mindset of traditionalism of certain rituals um and for me my relationship with christ i i i definitely still honor um the the word of God is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am careful to, I use that as a mirror for myself to be a better person and to live out that truth in what I do and, mm-hmm. and being an example for others rather than throwing the Bible in their face and saying, this is what you should or shouldn't do. And this is a sin because we all fall short. So mm-hmm. I was never raised in a household where, um, yes, faith was a big part of our household, but um, the religious, the tainted part of it was not so much. No, my parents were very um, transparent with my sister and me Mm -hmm. um, growing up just about everything. Like they didn't, they, they, we grew up in a very open household where we were 
we did feel comfortable coming to our parents about going through puberty or different, you know, our sexuality or Mm -hmm. whatever. I wanted to use that as sort of a jumping off point to talk about community Mm -hmm. and one, what it takes to cultivate community as well as when you're starting, what kind of people you're surrounding yourself by as someone who is entrepreneurially minded. um, How have you found a community that also values those things? So a community, just so I'm understanding. So how have I cultivated a community that values entrepreneurship and faith? Not necessarily faith. I think I was trying to do a little bit of a a segue that was big for my britches, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure I'm answering Mm -hmm. your question correctly. Yeah, I think so. There's almost two parts to this question, so I'm just going to ask the first part. Okay. Do you have a community of people right now who a support your vision for according to Corey, but b support like the foundational um, values of being an entrepreneur or striving to, to be your best self, as you said? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, my family, definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a good group of friends as well. Um, but I've, I'm learning that my friendships, there are different people who serve different purpose, different friends who serve different purposes. Um, I, all of my friends are not entrepreneurs. Um, all of my friends are not, uh, we, we have different walks in our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, but I am very intentional about who I surround myself with, um, to help me so I can, you know, so we can hold one another accountable. So we can Mm -hmm. cultivate those things in one another. And everyone doesn't have to necessarily agree um, with or even understand my vision. But Mm -hmm. um, I do make sure that the people that I surround myself with are those who support me um, and who those who and vice versa, like right. there's an equal exchange of support, there's reciprocity, there's just positive energy. So, um, I mean, there have been friends that I've had to disconnect or distance myself from because mm-hmm. we just weren't on the same wave. And that's cool. There wasn't one person better than the other, um, but... I'm just really big on energy and reciprocity and just positive vibes all around. So, yeah, that makes sense. So then the second part of my question is how have you as a brand, how are you um, cultivating a community that you can care for and that cares for you? Through my brand? Yeah. I feel like by just sharing my truth and being transparent, um, Mm -hmm. that was even before, according to Corey, was the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, My whole goal has been to share my truth um, 
and to foster those connections and to help. And now with, with my business, I'm able to help others share their truth and share their story. Mm -hmm. Um, and let everyone know that we all have a story inside of us that needs to be shared. Um, because that's how we build and foster those connections with one another. Um, I think it's, it's comforting to know, like you, we get so caught up in our own life bubbles Mm -hmm. that we think we're the only one going through something or going through, but when you can read a blog post or watch a YouTube video where someone is sharing the exact same experiences or sentiments or feelings that you're feeling, then Mm -hmm. that's what brings us even closer together. And that's what makes us, lets us know that we're not alone in this and it's bigger than me. Um, And so I think that is how just, Staying true to myself and and, um, being unapologetic with telling my story and also with encouraging others to tell and share their stories is how I am able to cultivate that community. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk right now about uh, authenticity and transparency and it it does it's funny because you can niche down almost to something so specific that it becomes universal mhm is difficult i don't think a lot of us are know that innately mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to be for everybody you it's okay to exactly build with a very specific and small audience in mind but yes. more people will come that I literally tell the exact same thing to my clients every single, because so many people have come to me like, I want to do, like, I want to focus on this, but then I want to be like a lifestyle blog because mm-hmm. I want to be able to talk about different things. And I'm like, you can still talk about those things, but you can talk about them within your niche and, right. and, and angle your content in a way that is, that is, relevant to your audience but still relevant to everyone else um Mm -hmm. you know so what you said is hit the nail on the head so (laughs) great so you have a breadth of services that you offer and i'm really interested in i think that to a certain degree diversification is a really good strategy um, I find myself to lean more towards the gen- generalist side than the specialist side. But what I found really interesting about you is that you have this breadth within a specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what my question is exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see if I wrote it down somewhere. Maybe like, how do, how did I, I, yeah, I mean, how did you, how did you decide on that? Why is, why did it make sense for you to offer so many different services? Well, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm really, I really offer like four services. Sure. 
like I said, the resume writing is one, which I am kind of reworking that, um, kind of trying to shift away from rewriting people's resumes. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's one. The second one is copywriting. Um, Mm -hmm. a, A lot of my services and it's the copyright. Well, yes, copywriting. And that is an extension of the one-on-one like strategy calls that I uh-huh. do, um, which include like copy. We're focusing on like brand naming, copywriting, and then we have um, if someone wants to start a blog, mm-hmm. um, then it may be less of copywriting and more of like one-on-one blog coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with students on developing their writing skills they're writing an essay for college or um, studying for the writing section of the SAT so all of them like flow together um but and then I have the uh proofreading and editing Mm -hmm. um and then yeah that's pretty much it so I my business it wasn't like like I said, people were already like reaching out to me about certain things. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of evolved into, okay, this is how I can like package this service or this is how I can, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that really, does that answer your question? I didn't really have a question. So, okay. (laughs) I mean, I just, I, I thought about, I think thinking about like what you're good at Mm-hmm. first and then figuring out a way on how you can offer that or package it as a service mm-hmm. and make it all kind of tie in together so yeah, yeah. Mm. nice <laughs> cacao now let's move into the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers oh that's cute I like that thank you <laughs> What is your favorite style of writing? Definitely personal, like prose, mm. personal pieces um, where I'm just able to get out how I'm feeling, like the, those really raw emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite piece that I've written is the one that I wrote about my sister, Um like navigating feelings of comparison and envy with my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, That was something that I really had to pray and work through over the last year. Um, And so I wrote a piece on it in October of last year. And that was the most liberating, honest, transformative piece I've ever written. And yeah, yeah personal pieces like that where I'm taking these raw emotions and making them tangible in a in a post Mm -hmm. that's those are my favorite kind of writing do you prefer writing or editing writing (laughs) (laughs) for sure because editing is like when I'm editing someone else's work I have to kind of it's like oh no I don't want like you know I'm like I have to stop myself from like rewriting the whole thing so yeah but what about editing your own work editing my own work is 
I still like writing more than editing because mm-hmm. editing my own work can be kind of a hindrance because I'll go back and like, oh, I don't like that and just rewrite. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like editing. <laughs> <laughs> writing and getting it out is bet is the best feeling. So mm-hmm. I love editing my own work, that is, mostly because my writing is... <laughs> I feel like writing is like the laborious process. And then in the editing, I get to like shape the bush. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a good way of looking at it. I would definitely agree with that. You know, because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm now it's starting to really make sense. Yeah. It's like, it's like concretized. Cause I think Mm -hmm. when I'm writing, you know, you're dealing with that blank page and you're, Mm -hmm trying to things somewhere and then in the editing process I get to like look at the work that I did and like then I can piece it together yeah that's a good yeah I like that I have a little system this is unrelated and perhaps I'll cut it out (laughs) but I have a little system where on Mondays is when I do my like three-hour writing block for my Mm -hmm. blog and like copy and all this stuff and then it's not till Thursday that I edit because I just want to let it sit. Let it sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you let things sit, when I found the same thing, like when I let things sit and I go back and I read it, then it's like a fresh pair of eyes, a fresh new perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I can be surprised by my own jokes because I forgot about yeah. them already. <laughs> The bet I love going back and reading like old pieces and stuff that I wrote because mm-hmm. I see how much I've grown in my writing, and then I'm like, wow. And then other in other ways, I'm like, damn, that was a really good, like I did a really good job. Like I can't mm-hmm. believe I wrote that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's always good to step away and then come back. I recently. Um, completely by accident found a poem journal that I kept in elementary school Mm -hmm. and the foreword to the poem journal is so funny and (laughs) like just proves to me that I have always been this way but like basically what I said is hello this is Athena's poem journal I'm assuming you're Athena reading this right now in the future (laughs) you're gonna read this you're gonna say oh my gosh Athena as an elementary schooler, had so much soul. She was so funny, what an intellectual. And then I put like little teardrops. I was like, space here for tears, space here for tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was that like, that is like the fact that you had that in that like perspective and sense of humor <laughs> at that age is amazing. Like, yeah, I think I just grew up with a bunch of silly people. <laughs> that's cool. Like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And the last question is music or podcasts? Music. Mm. I do love podcasts. Um, but sometimes it's just, I, I would say that if I had to choose, I would, I would choose music because music always calms me. Mm. Sometimes hearing someone speak can overwhelm me when I'm like, have all these thoughts going on in my head already. Right. Cool. Cacao. This concludes the seedling round. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find you and learn from you and all those things? Everything according to Corey. That's K-O-R-I. My website is according to Corey.com. And all of my handles are according to Corey. So Instagram, Twitter. I really like 
want to get back good with Twitter. I used to love Twitter and mm-hmm. be a, a Twitter beast. <laughs> so I just, it's, and I mean, it's a, a micro blog basically. So, right. but I want to get back active on Twitter, but I'm active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I share my posts on Facebook, but yeah, everything according to Corey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you for having me. I really, you know, appreciate you reaching out and keep doing your thing. I think that this is a really, really great platform and yeah, just keep, keep doing it. Keep sharing your story. Keep starting those conversations and yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Content creators are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests and it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.